Welcome to Motorsport Coaching, the podcast for racers with racers. Miss Motivate can help get you to the next level. Every episode, she talks to the best racers of today and those that can get you there. She'll help you get better. Racing new. At fitness, nutrition, sports psychology, sponsorship, social media, public relations, and media training. Connect with Miss Motivate at motivatetraining.com.au. That's M O T I V, the number eight, training.com.au. And now, to help get you to the next level, Miss Motivate herself, Belinda Risley. Hello, crew, and welcome to episode 148 of the Motorsport Coaching Podcast. Very excited that we're nearly at episode 150. This week, I am joined by a very special Dr. Amy Brown. She's a passionate holistic chiropractor, a personal trainer, and a dedicated mother of three. She has over 12 years experience in the health and wellness industry. She's dedicated to simplifying the complex health concepts into practical everyday habits. Amy brings a unique approach by addressing the physical, mental, and nutritional aspects of health, supporting them to enhance their body and mind, both inside and out. As an accomplished ultramarathon runner, she knows the importance of staying in top shape while juggling a busy life. Ladies and gentlemen, today's episode is one of my favorites, I guess because it's something different that we haven't had on the show before, in the sense that Dr. Amy breaks down the importance of work-life balance and just finding a balance as a parent, finding a balance as an athlete, obviously herself being an ultramarathon runner, um, how she finds time basically to fit everything in without the guilt. And you'll hear how I speak about having mum guilt and um, I'm sure a few of the parents can relate that when it comes to our children, we always want the best, but at sometimes that goes at the cost of our own health and well-being. I do hope you enjoy today's episode, but before we get started, just a quick reminder that the annual Motivate survey is now open until June, Sunday, June the 25th. Um, so if you'd like to give us some feedback, what you like, what you don't like, what you do know, what you don't know about Motivate and what you'd like to see, we'd really appreciate if you could race over and fill in that survey. The link will be in today's show notes, as well as all of Dr. Amy's information um, and some a little bit more information regarding our toolkit. So team, if you're new to motorsports or you're new to the most coaching podcast our toolkit is our entry way of working with us basically it's a resource center full of lots of resources <laughs> around motorsport fitness sponsorship social media nutrition mindset branding and public relations so if you're new to motorsports and you're just looking to get started in some education um, around all of those disciplines please race over and have a look at the toolkit don't forget to fill in the survey and of course if you are enjoying these podcasts if you can leave us a review on your listing platform today that would be greatly appreciated you do go into the monthly draw to win access to the toolkit as well as different um prizes each and every month all right well let's get started today with dr amy brown hello dr amy brown and welcome to the motorsport coaching podcast hello thanks for having me I know every week I just say I'm excited, but every week I do feel like I always have wonderful guests. Um, but you are a wonderful woman. Uh, tell everybody a little bit about who you are and what you do. Um, my name is Amy. I am a mum of three little kids. I am a chiropractor. I have a business in Perth um, called Bespoke Chiropractic. I'm also a personal trainer um, and I have 
written um, a chapter in a book, so published author, and also in my spare time, air quotes, I run ultramarathons. So uh, last year I ran three 200-mile um, events in Australia. So nice and busy, um, but absolutely love every aspect of it all. And so you said you've got three kids. What's the mix mm-hmm. of that and what are their ages? Um, so I have a boy who is almost 11 and two girls who have just turned seven and nine. Fantastic. So you are super yep. busy. I just yes. yeah, so many things. I'm like, how do you fit it all in? Um, how did you get into ultramarathon? Went, anyway, like, did you do chiropractic first? You're a personal trainer. Um, yeah, what came first? The chicken or the egg? first? <laughs> Um, so definitely chiropractic was first. Um, so I've been doing that for 13 years now, I think. Uh, so that was definitely first. And I was very lucky that I was able to sort of grow my business slowly around having kids. I knew that I wanted to have them young. So I just sort of gradually built things up um, so I could always work around the kids and be have that balance of being home for the kids but also um, still working. Then I think it was when I was pregnant with my second child, I decided to train to be a personal trainer, um, more so because I was actually curious about what they learnt and what they were taught, um, yeah, <laughs> which I thought was not a lot. Um, and obviously there's all different courses and different things and it's changed a bit since I did it, but it was actually a really interesting process to know what they know. Um, And that was more so when I was referring clients, like my chiropractic clients to someone, to know exactly what their background was um, and what they were taught and then um, being able to refer to the right person for the right right thing. Um, But it also gave me that scope to be able to put everything all together and really look and help people holistically from their nervous system as a chiropractor, but also then take care of um, those basic exercise things that people can work on at home because that's what I'm all about is just simple easy things that people can do on an everyday basis to sort of move their health forward um and then I sort of fell into ultra marathon running um a few years ago as yeah exactly as you did just fall into it um I've always loved you know what just rock up to that event and just start doing that yeah, but that's basically what happened, seriously. So I've always loved running. I've always, um, it's always been my sort of downtime. Mm-hmm. And then there was um, a competition to win entry into 200 miles. So for people that had never run one before. Um, and I saw that one kind of like, why not? Um, and didn't win that. And then I kind of went, well, why not just do it? myself um so yeah I like I had never I didn't even know there was such a thing as trail shoes um this whole backpack business like I had literally no idea um and when I think it was about seven months from when I signed up to when I did my first 200 um miler which is a bit crazy um but I absolutely love it and then did yeah a few more last year as well and I call myself in semi-retirement at the moment, so just sort of working out what the what the next plan is. Um, but yeah, just trying to fit fit running in around the kids and family and business this year. Last year, that definitely took a bit of a, a front row seat, um, and so just sort of, sort of swapping it around this year to putting it to fit around instead of everything else sort of fitting around that. But yeah, that's that's a bit about how it all came together. Wonderful. I'm just going to go back to being a chiropractor. We've never had a chiropractor yep. on the show before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like chiros do get 
bit of a bad rap out there. I myself <laughs> love chiropractic um, mm-hmm. and I've always seen one. Um, but I guess for those that are a little bit sceptical or not sure it's 100% exactly what a chiro does, maybe a difference mm-hmm. between what a chiro and a physio does, um, mm-hmm. if you could share that, that would be fantastic. Yeah, so um, I always say one of the best things and one of the worst things about chiropractic is there is so much um variation in what we do and how we treat people um the biggest thing is we're always focused on the nervous system and getting your nervous system functioning the best that it can um and that to me is one of the biggest difference between a chiropractor and a physio is that a lot of physios don't some of them do um but majority of them don't have that nervous system base to what they're doing um but as i say sometimes you will see a chiropractor that will do lots of dry needling lots of rehab lots of adjustments like a sports-based chiro um, who's more seems like a physio or what people perceive to be a physio and then you'll also get physios who will do manipulations and things like that so I'm more almost like a chiro so there's a lot of crossover between the two for me it's all about putting it all together so we do a lot of adjustments we do gentle adjustments so there doesn't have to be any cracking and adjustments cracking crunching sort of style adjustments it can be all nice and gentle without that because I know a lot of people freak out about that side of things um the all the videos going around on TikTok and all of that at the moment are not necessarily great sometimes because they show the big adjustments which it's not all about we can do it without that um but I said the function or the aim is to get the nervous system functioning the best that it can um in a variety of different ways of putting that all together for the patient yeah, so a lot of people when they get injured, they automatically just go to a physio or the GP mm-hmm. probably always refers to physio. So previously done lots of yeah. workers' compensation claims and stuff. Um, but mm-hmm. a lot of it, like you're saying, is nervous based. So why is it still after all of these generations that the you know the awareness of how beneficial chiropractic is, that it's just not there? <laughs> Look, if you have that answer, let me know because I don't think that we have it. Um, I think it's just something that's that's ingrained. I definitely think it's changing um, very, very slowly. The awareness is definitely getting out there about what we do and how we can help people. Um, but it's I don't, I don't have the answer to that. I don't know why it's like that. Um, and I think part of it falls on us to getting out there and showing people that it's not just about a quick crack and a crunch and there is more to it than that um, and getting the awareness out about that, that we can treat sporting injuries and we can look after your whole body and we can help you deal with stress better and help your body adapt to stress better, um, that side of things. But as to the whole chiro physio GP thing, that's just one of those things that I think is going to be there for a while yet. But is it, I'm always a fan of it's about finding who's right for you. Like I have physios who I refer to um, and refer to me, um, same with GPs as well. So it's about finding the right person for you and getting that patient-client relationship um, up and running as best for both the practitioner and for the client for what they need is always my goal. Just putting my five cents worth in. When I, went, I had a head-on car many, many, like when I was 18 or something, and I always yeah. remember and I still do it to this day because it was a flight of fright response. I could see I was going to cry. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I did that. No, I don't know why I'm sure. <laughs> anyway, I'm sitting a pen in my mouth. Um, <laughs> like release the draw. You know? Yeah. And I mm-hmm. still do that all through my gum now. And I just, oh, I love it. It's just such yeah. nice. It's, just it's like, the it's best. Just, 
I like those things. Um, and yeah. you mentioned before, like, you do a holistic approach. Um, yeah. What does it actually mean? I think it's one of those words, holistic. Uh, mm-hmm. around about being, it's like being authentic, and um, like, which we communicate a yeah. lot within our sponsorship kind of realm of things. So what does holistic yeah. mean and what does that mean when it comes to treatment of an athlete or a patient? Yeah, so I totally agree. I think the word holistic is completely overused and part of me doesn't like using it myself for that reason. But for me, I do think that we are holistic in the way that we approach. So we, for all of our clients, yes, we do chiropractic adjustments. We're going to physically see what is going on for them and help them physically function better, Um, whether that is with manipulations or adjustments or stretches, whatever that is, exercises. But we also do techniques in our clinic to work on the emotional side of things and decreasing mm-hmm. the, the um, impact of emotions on the body um, and that brain-body connection as well. So we use applied kinesiology-based techniques, um, one of them called neuro-emotional technique and Neuralink as well as applied kinesiology, um, and just get that body functioning the best it can and help decrease the impact of stress um, or that, that mental and emotional load on the body and make that change to how it happens physiologically um, through the system as well. And then we always talk about drinking water getting enough sleep um moving your body and then simple things as well like nutrition like making sure drinking water is a big one nutritionally but making sure they're eating the right foods for them any supplements that might need to um, help them recover from where they're at at the moment as well so we really do look at all aspects um, of what's going on within their body and, and sort of give a plan for them and fit in with what works for them because everybody's body and everybody's life is different Mm -hmm. so what one person can fit in is very different to what another person is so working out what the priority is for them um as well along the way like running 200 miles i mean like with three kids and business (laughs) (laughs) um where did you have the time to fit all that in and i guess the questions come from you're just saying about the kinology and the motions with the body was it mm-hmm. from like, training or working with um, other consultants at Allied Health Prac from your learning that you went, oh, I'm going to now try and implement what I've learned and what I know into my own mm-hmm. training and, hey, why not just knock it out with an ultramarathon? Why not, right? Um, yeah, okay. yeah it, it definitely um, it took a lot to get the training in and I had an amazing coach that I worked with which understood that I was busy um, and that my body were, and mind were already sort of under the pump, so to speak. So I never did the hours and the kilometres that some people would think were involved. Um, I'd run sort of five, sometimes six days a week, a little bit of strength. I did have to get up pretty early some days to do it. Um, Long runs were on the weekends, but it was just able to fit in. But it wasn't like I was running like 100, 150K weeks. It definitely wasn't like that at all. Um, And if I was tired, if I had a busy day at work or a busy week or was overloaded with the kids being sick or whatever that was, then I just back back on my training. And my coach is very good at understanding that and working and encouraging that, um, which is what I always say with my clients as well, is if you're overloaded in one way, you need to take the load off in another way. Your body and mind can only cope with so much so if you're loading it physically it's not going to cope as well mentally and vice versa um i had my chiropractor that works at the clinic with me i also saw another um sports chiropractor who took care of a lot of dry needling and muscle work um for me i took a bucket load of supplements um 
I lost count of how many I was taking at some point just to give that extra support and get up and go. Um, and so I really was doing all the things and sleep was a massive thing for me. Like I would be in bed early, like 8.30, 9 o'clock most nights because I'd have to be up early for my run and I know that I don't do well or anybody in general doesn't do well if you're not sleeping well and getting that quality and the time of sleep. So that was a huge, huge thing for both um, lead up to events and also recovery from events was making sure that I actually had that sleep um, to let my body heal and recover during that time. And I think there's a story I tell about one of the events and it was literally coming into this aid station me running for a few days, minimal sleep at this point, absolute mess, like absolute hysterical, sobbing mess, exhausted. I'd hurt my knee, could barely walk. It was an absolute disaster on all levels. Um, and I literally lay down, I think it was 10 minutes. I didn't actually sleep. I just laid down. I got up. Um, people were there to help cheer me up, like the aid stations are always good fun. There was music. There was this amazing sunset in the background. I had some food, which was I think Coke and noodles because at that point you're just eating and drinking whatever. It's not about healthy necessarily at that point. Um, refueled, changed. Um, I think I just chucked a jacket, like nothing major, lots of water and was ready to go again, like completely changed everything around. And it's exactly what I say to people, like just take a break, feel it all, take a step back, drink some water, take a few deep, deep breaths, get yourself out into nature feed yourself well, have a laugh, uh, make yourself smile and you can completely change the way you're feeling physically and emotionally really, really quickly if you're open to doing it. So I think that's looking back one of the biggest things was actually realising that it is those everyday things that I do and speak about with my clients was put into practice in the middle of a 200-mile event and it actually did work. Um, so it's not just about everyday life. It's about everything that you're doing. You can apply these simple things um, to and it makes a massive difference. Yeah, so you mentioned your support team was a little more hands-on. Did you actually work with mm -hmm. a sports psychologist or um, you mentioned that was a great example, um, but what yep. did you do for your own mindset or what keeps you motivated during the actual event? Oh, during the actual event, it's definitely a roller coaster of of mine stuff. Um, you see your crew every now and then, which definitely keeps you more upbeat. And then towards the end of the event, you can have or the second half really have what they call a pacer with you. So someone running with you, keeping you awake, and they would just talk and talk like the random conversations that we had just to keep your mind occupied. Um, and then there's a real like mental shift in counting down how many kilometres you have left, whether it's like because you start with 330 or something, when you hit that 200 to go, that 100 to go, like there's a real like, whoa, we're almost there um, attitude. Oh and it is <laughs> almost there, only 100 days to go. Um, <laughs> and it really is just for me, recognizing that there are highs and lows and they're going to be really, really flat points and they're going to be really, really amazing points and having people around you that recognize what to do during those flat points, whether it's just letting you cry and get it out or whether it's putting on a stupid song and perking you up or telling you a silly story or whatever it is to get you out of that sort of little funk and know that the next thing's going to be okay. But it is a roller coaster um, of emotions out there. It's the highest of highs and the, the lowest of lows. And I think, yeah, just recognising that and riding through it is the most important thing. 
Fantastic. And you mentioned, uh, obviously, we can't just rock up and do a race. There has to come into some goal setting, obviously, planning, um, again, mm-hmm. around your children and around the business. How did you mm-hmm. go around about setting your goals? Have you got any tips or strategies about work-life balance, I guess? Was- <sighs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I I don't think there is a work-life balance. I think sometimes it is more work, sometimes it's more life, um, and it's just whatever the priority is at the time. I am extremely lucky that I have an amazing husband who um, lets me, I should say lets me do these things. It's not like that, but supports me to do these things um, more than lets me. And the kids are great like they're used to me going out and running and doing everything now and they're quite cute they'll often say oh did you not come last this time mum because I'm always a I'm always a back of the packer um so my the first one I did I came last I think I'm last in a couple second last third last something like that and it's been a really great lesson for them to learn as well that you can go out and give it your all and do the best and still celebrate even if you're coming um last not everyone's going to win but slightly off topic with that um and I was lucky that no, I had an amazing. Sorry, actually <laughs> very on topic here because uh, yeah. obviously the demographic you can't win every race, and no. so it doesn't matter if you're coming last, you're still getting experience, and you're yeah. still getting the laps, and you're still getting yeah. that mental capacity to build stronger. That when you go to compete mm-hmm. next time, that you won't come last, that you might then come yeah. second last, and then third last, and then you just keep mm-hmm. building up. But because you've gone through those failures or um, I guess not success in your mind, then that's how you're going to continue to improve on your performance. Yeah, and exactly, exactly it's the version what is success, which is the whole thing around setting the goals, is that my goal with all of this was purely to finish. Oh I God, never so had. I would be to rock up to the line, Amy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, and so, like, it wasn't I want to come first or second or finish in this many hours. Like, and those goals definitely changed sometimes through the events. So there was one event that I went, okay, like it was not doing so well at the start, picked up in the second half during, but I was like, right, there was a point, I think it was like 50 or 60 Ks out from the end or something, and I went, I can actually get this done in under 100 hours. Like and so and I'd never cracked the under hundred hours, so it's like right. And then it, like the girls that were with me, they're like, "Yep, yeah, we can do this." Well, and so it's that that mindset then changes. So I think that's the whole thing with goals is adapting along the way as well. Is there's never going to be a set A B. You have to have your plan A B C D E all the way through. Um, and the support crew is pivotal to that, and them knowing what those goals are and whether it is support crew at home holding down the fort with the kids support crew actually with me running or the support crew that I have in the office as well like the other chiropractors would pick up some extra shifts the front desk staff and the office managers know their role uh, while I'm away and they're great that I can just step away and go away for a week and I know that they've got it covered so it's about everyone being on the same page and communication um, and just being able to adapt and go with the flow like there's never an easy it's never an easy thing and like one of the events that was interstate it was when COVID was happening in WA and there was all the close contact rules and all of that so I actually then moved out of home for the week before I went so that then I couldn't like and I'd see the kids briefly because if one of them got it at school or was a close contact then I wouldn't have been able to fly so I was away for the week and that was decided like a few days before and then I went away running whilst I was running the kids did get COVID so then when I came home I had to like move in with one of my best mates for like a few days because I was like well there's no point me coming home now and then having to quarantine and like and so it was just one of those things which is like it felt like everything that could happen 
happened. Um, And I didn't have the best event either because I was in a stress state going into it. And I think that was the biggest learning looking back is that I was stressed before I went. I was stressed going into it. I didn't have all those normal, like my normal bed, my normal pillow, all of those basic things, um, sleep hadn't been best. And so then because I was already stressed up to here, that extra like physical and mental stress pushed over here and it just wasn't great. Um, my digestion went, I didn't want to eat, I was cranky, uh, the normal, um, mm-hmm. and all sorts of things. And so it was a real lesson as well in, um, yes, we need to adapt, but we also need to have those little things that keep us grounded during the time. And that's something I didn't do so well um, then, but I said it's all a learning learning curve, like you're never going to get it perfect um, yeah. Each, each time it's about it yeah adapting and doing the best you can that's right and we I always encourage all the drivers to do a debrief after their um, performance mm-hmm. so quite often they do a debrief with their race engineer or the mechanic or their mum and dad about their performance from the vehicle or where they finish but they don't actually do a, a debrief on about their personal performance so mm-hmm. encourage them to yeah. write through how do they feel and what you know three things they could improve on three things they were yeah. happy with three things they want to focus on to improve their performance until their next event um, so I think yep. kind of just having that I focus, know. yeah, that, that kind of just personal debrief. I'd love to know what do you do for recovery? Do you just sit by the side drinking cocktails for a few days? Uh, <laughs> uh, there's there's definitely some beers and ciders and wines mm. and everything else um, yes. afterwards for sure. Um, normally I actually don't want to eat much. Like mm. it takes me a few days to get my appetite back, which I think is also that stress response in the body. Like when your body's in that fight and flight state, your body's not going to put blood to your digestive system and want you to eat. Um, so coming down out of that fight and flight, it takes me a few days to get my appetite back and then I just want to eat and eat and eat. Um, and sleep is my biggest thing is like, yes, I'm fatigued because I don't have much sleep during the um, events normally it's about six I think the most I've had is 10 hours over the few days um, in broken bits but sleep to to recover and let your body just do what it needs to do and find that that normal again is really important lots of water um, mm-hmm. is also my go-to rehydrating so yeah it's just once I get my once I get my appetite back it's all about fueling um, the best that I can and refueling lots of water and and lots of sleep are my recovery things and supplements I take a lot of supplements um, to help recover as well well, I have been trying to track down Nicola, the, the sleep and stress queen, and to join <laughs> the podcast to talk more about um, all of that well, we just said. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that is her jam, and she was recently here in Australia, and she had a course on in Melbourne, except it was the same week as, as the Formula One Grand Prix. Uh, <laughs> so, of course. How do you put on another weekend? <laughs> <laughs> So hopefully she'll be coming up on the show in the next couple of weeks to discuss. I love her. She's amazing. Stress within performance. And just yeah. um, I think people just take it for granted sleep. It's just one of those things, again, that you, you just have to do, but they don't understand mm-hmm. what happens during that sleep cycle. So unless you've studied it or yeah. heard about it or have a general interest in the importance of sleep, um, mm-hmm. I think young people just think, oh, well, old people just sleep a lot. Um, but there's a reason yeah. as to why they sleep a lot and there's a reason why. We need to sleep and just all that important stuff that hopefully will get covered in the next couple of weeks about sleep and sleep. recovery. Look forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, so you mentioned um, on your intro that you wrote a chapter for a book as well. Yes. Yay. 
yes. Um, so, oh, look, I it all came about a bit randomly of um, someone was putting a book together of all different motherhood journeys um, mm-hmm. to basically put a book together to show that mothers that they're not alone and that their story is out there and someone else that they are heard um because there's so many people out there that think they're alone in the motherhood journey with whatever it is that they're whatever it is they're going through um because it's different for for everybody mm-hmm. um and so i put a chapter together for that book all about like how health um can be simple at that phase that you don't have to be out running marathons and you don't have to be um eating these fabulous amazing fresh home cooked meals every night mm-hmm. um that it can be simple to be healthy when you're in those throes of not sleeping and not um being able to control things like newborn babies so for me it's all about it is just doing those simple things and what works for you so making sure that you are drinking um if you can't control the sleep you can control drinking enough water you can control doing a bit of breathing to manage your stress you can control getting out for a walk for five or ten minutes it doesn't have to be hours on end so what is it that you can do that is small and simple that will fit in that won't be an extra stress because we don't want to increase your stress levels we want to decrease them so what can you do that is just nice and small that will work to decrease the stress on your body improve your health um but not not seem like an extra thing to do like what can fit into your lifestyle um and improve your health along the way particularly um that that chapter of the book was aimed for new mums um but it really can be applied to anyone at any point in their life as well yeah and i think there's one thing i saw on your instagram page that i loved the other week that you posted about dinner and that you had one kid going left one kid going <laughs> right and so you just did some salads and just did salads but it wasn't yeah. that thought process of oh my god i have to go home i've got to do you know steak and meat and three veg or anything mm-hmm. like that um and you did yeah. individual salad boxes and i think we hear some people now saying, oh, you know, breakfast for, for dinner, it's a bit of a fad. Um, but, yeah. you know, it could work because a lot of the mm-hmm. kids, um, you know, definitely do know how to make themselves breakfast or cereal. And um, mm-hmm. so if, if you are crunched for time, that sure, have breakfast for dinner, whatever works. But I did love that yeah. tip of the week that you posted about yeah. ages too. And even though one had sausages, one had egg or something, I was like, oh, yep. it's great. When it goes. Yeah, and that's what it's all about, like, because our kids have sport six days a week. So (laughs) there's something on every day of the week. And for me, like, for me, when people talk about meal planning and meal prep, I don't sit there on a Sunday and cook six meals for the week. Meal prep and meal planning for me is about, right, what have we got on this week? How many days a week do I need to slow cook a meal? When are we eating on the run and doing a meal not necessarily meal plan even but just having a few things um that i've got all the ingredients for so i do one shot for the week and then that that's through um and it is just throwing together what is going to be easy and what's going to work um a lot of the time it is just meat and salad or um as i said one of them might have boiled eggs one of them might have sausages one of them might have meatballs and just easy food for them that i know they're going to eat because i don't need to add extra stress um to the day when they're already probably fatigued from school and then extra sport and all of that what can I get into them and what can they eat in that 15 minutes on the way home um so then when they get home they can just jump in the shower and go to bed as opposed to then having to get home to eat and adding that extra the time on so for me it's all about making it easy for me making it easy for them and making it as time efficient 
um, as possible. And winter weather here in Perth is well and truly kicked in, so slow cooker meals. Um, yeah, yeah. The kids, the kids don't love the slow cooker meals. Um, but the same thing is like, look, if I'm doing a, a chicken and veggie something in the slow cooker, they might have a little bit of veggie, a little bit of chicken, and then a lot of rice with it. Um, whereas it might be the alternative for me. I might eat a lot of the chicken and the and a little bit of rice, and it's just being um, okay, okay with that, and having food that they can eat on the run, which doesn't have to be complicated either. It's like whatever is in the fridge, cut it up, off you go. I know. And see, like when I did my study many, many moons ago, it was always like breakfast like a king, lunch like a prince and dinner like a mm-hmm. pauper. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, most Australians have dinner to be like the king and, you know, all of those big meals. And so yeah. I do try and do it the other way around where I do do a bigger breakfast or you're making sure the kids are not just having cereal but like this toast or crumpets yeah. and fruit or wraps um, and then, you know, packing their lunches a little bit more substantial as well so that when yeah. it does come to dinner, knowing that I've had a big day as well, that I can get yeah. away with just a soup and some fresh bread or like this low-cooked stew that's there but we will have it for yeah. two nights, maybe like the yeah. second night I even back back into the baked potatoes, Amy. I'm like, love the yes. baked potatoes. Oh, no, I don't do potatoes. Oh, I, I just I just don't like them. Sweet potato oh. and pumpkin, absolutely. Oh, potato, do- just not my thing. Really? Yeah. I know, I'm weird. Loaded sweet potatoes. Well, sweet potatoes are beautiful as well. So I think, yeah, yeah like you say, it's just kind of like working what for you and your family um, and especially like yourself. We've got kids out every afternoon doing different activities, scouts, music, everything. Yeah, Fun all time. the things. Yeah, and I guess we're just saying off air before that I feel like a lot of the parents that do um, that are involved within motorsport, you, you know, it is like any parent that's involved in any sport. Our thought process is always around, you know, what's best for our children, and sometimes we forget ourselves and the importance of us um, being mentally strong, physically fit, healthy, dehydrated, slept well as well. Do you have any tips? I mean, you've given lots already. Just about for a mum that can really just it's okay. Like you've just said about dinner, is there anything else that's like, and you mentioned walking and all of that, but I think sometimes yeah. they feel a lot guilty and it's that mum guilt that we all have about doing something mm-hmm. for ourselves, but just sharing yeah. the importance of doing that and having our own time, how much of a difference that can make in, in everybody's life in our, in our supportive network. Yeah, I think it's absolutely true. Like if you're not taking care of yourself, you can't take care of everybody else. Like if you're not um, energised and if you aren't sleeping well and you're not eating well and you're dehydrated and you've always got a bit of a headache going on or a bit tight in your back or whatever it is, you're not being the best that you can be. You can't give the best to everybody else. And so you do have to give yourself permission to go for that walk or go for that run, go for that swim have a bath read a book take five minutes to breathe whatever it is it doesn't have to be um going to yoga three days a week it doesn't have to be having massages it doesn't have to be all these big expensive things that a lot of people put it down to it can literally be just going to bed five minutes earlier and doing some breathing it can be sitting out the back with a hot cup of tea and doing some breathing taking in some fresh air going for a walk for five minutes um for me i all through may decided i was getting up at five o'clock in the morning and that was six days a week um so i gave myself a, a, a sleep in and that was not even necessarily to go running because it's a lot of the time when i do my exercise but it was just to give myself time to set myself up for the day 
Um, sometimes it was literally sitting on the couch having a cup of tea. Um, sometimes it was running. Sometimes it was stretching, whatever it was. But having that time just to to reset, and that doesn't have to be at 5 o'clock in the morning for everybody. Um, some people that might be when you drop the kids off at school. I go straight from that to work, so it didn't work for me. That's the time that works for me. But, again, finding out where you've got that little bit of time where you can just sit and breathe and plan. Um, and my other tip that I give a lot of my clients is to have a list of two or three things that are your go-tos but are the things that you forget to do when you are stressed or when you're busy. So if you know that taking five minutes to breathe or going outside for a 10-minute walk or stopping to have a stretch or going to bed on time, what is it that goes out the window for you when you are busy but you know makes a massive impact? And stick two or three of those things post a note on your bedside table or your dresser or in your diary, wherever it is, so that when you get into that mode and you forget to do it, there's a reminder right there. Then you see it and you remind yourself to do it and you go, oh, yep, that's right, I need to do those things because if I take 10 minutes, I'm going to be much better for everybody else, including myself. Um, so it's just having those reminders there to do it because as much as we know to do the basic things, we forget especially yeah. when you're stressed and you're tired and you've got all the things going on and there's a kid sick here or that someone's calling in sick for work and then it's raining outside and so school mm-hmm. drop-off has to change and all the things. So it's about having those few little um, touch point reminders of just to do those little things and letting yourself forget the other 10 things that you should be doing and just focus on those couple. If it's literally going to bed on time drinking water, perfect. Don't worry about all the other things that you normally do. Just get those two done because that's going to be better than nothing. Oh my God, women, we're so exhausted. We've got so many things going on in our life, are we? <laughs> Lunch and dinners and breakfasts and cups oh, and exercise yep. and housework on top of that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I don't know exactly about your new course that's coming up, but I feel like mm-hmm. it's a great transition into talking about, you say you've got a new Unwind 30 coming up. What's that all about? Yes. So I have Unwind 30 coming up, which is... 30 days um, with me is basically to give you back your time and your energy. So we're looking to recharge your energy, regain your time and revitalise your life. So it's all for busy women who, as exactly what I was talking about, know the things that they need to be doing but need to be reminded of it and need someone to work through how to make it fit into your life so that health um, can fit in rather than being something extra. Uh, we can't give you an extra few hours in your day. We can't magically inject extra energy into you. But using the tools that I know work for me and my clients, we can um, make things more efficient for you and we can get some of that energy back um, so we're not all just walking around saying that we are tired and exhausted all the time because that's what I hear um, and busy. So it's just about using all the simple strategies that I've been talking about and just having that one-on-one um, connection and community within our Facebook group for the 30 days to really have access to me to go, right, I'm trying to do this, this doesn't fit and I can go, cool, let's try X, Y and Z um, instead because, as I said before, everyone's different. Things fit differently. So, yes, it's a group program um, but I'm always in the in the group and um, giving everybody feedback on how to fit everything in with their life so you get your time and energy back to be the best version of yourself. Mm-hmm. Sign me up, Amy. Where do we sign up? <laughs> so it's very easy. You can go to unwind30.com um, and that will take to the page. If we are in a waitlist period, you can jump on the waitlist um, or you can join up as well if it's open when you jump on over there. 
Fantastic. Now, you do have an Instagram account. Um, mm -hmm. Is that more personal or business account or people wanting to follow your business career? Where's the best way to follow them? Best way for business is on Instagram at Dr. Amy Brown or on Facebook at Dr. Amy Brown Cairo. But I hang out more on Instagram than I do on Facebook. That's the place to find me. Instagram's the place. But I like I Facebook. I'm old. Oh <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I like Facebook for the community and the group aspect. Um, I like Instagram for the you just get what you want. I find yep. Facebook, I get a lot of other stuff on there. So, yeah, that's why I, I go to that one more. You mentioned earlier in the show about um, the, the like the things going around on Instagram about chiropractors and, and all mm -hmm. the well, I definitely know my kids follow them because they come and go, oh, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not sure, like my boys are like 11 and 9. I'm like, I'm not quite sure that's the right demographic that they're targeting those um, chiropractic ads to. But already, you know, it's got them yeah. engaging conversation about it. So mm -hmm. I don't know if there's pros and cons to it, but um, I yep. guess absolutely the pros and cons yep. videos and, um, you know, Instagram not having any kind of restrictions at the moment. Yes. Well, yes. Amy, thank you so much for today's uh, interview. Pleasure. I really appreciate it. Um, you've given us so much information to take on board. Of course, Amy's information will be in today's show notes with the link to Unwind 30 as well as her Instagram and LinkedIn account, Facebook account. Um, yes. I'll put in her LinkedIn as well. Uh, in yes. case you want to have a consult with you, okay, so, um, do you do online consults as well, Amy? I do. So chiropractic consults are only in person um, in Perth and Manning, but I do have options for um, online sessions for me with one-on-one -on -one if course. people are interested in that. Yeah. 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 So you're like around about wellness and time management. Yes. Um, yes. Finding you and I guess, you know, just more about yep. the Unwind 30 program um, that she's yep. going to be discussing. If you want to find out if it is for you, um, go to unwind.com. And of course, that will be in the notes as well. Great. So thanks, Amy. Thank you. Um, Thank so you. do we have a run booked in? No. No semi-retirement? Really? Yeah. Semi-retirement, really. Possibly one later in the year, but we're, uh, yeah, that's still, we're not putting it out there yet. We're seeing. No triathlons? You're not into swimming? And no, 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 no. Don't like to swim or ride. No, 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 no. And, and too many, lots of different equipment. Like running, I just need my one slots. Yeah. <laughs> There's more stuff involved in the rest. Don't have time for that. That's a very <laughs> true. You are very busy. And I do appreciate your time today. Um, Pleasure. Thank you very much for joining me. And I'm going to see you inside the Unwind 30. Perfect. We'll see you soon. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Get ready for the race. Do you feel one step closer to being the next superstar behind the wheel? MotivateTraining.com.au for more. M-O-T-I-V, the number eight, Training.com.au. The green flag. Every episode gets you one step closer to the checkered flag. The Motorsport Coaching Podcast, getting you to the checkered flag faster.